UMass hockey season is right around the corner and we are back. We have a whole lot of newcomers that we couldn't be more excited to talk to you about and the new intro goes crazy. Let's go. character hello everybody and welcome to episode 90 of high character we are back it's been a long off season but we are finally here to talk about our favorite team umass hockey my name is cameron and once again i am joined by my good friend evan evan how you doing man holy crap cam this is we're back i mean what else is there to say like i I know this is just a podcast and you guys can't see video right now, but if you saw the smile that is on my face right now, certifiably cheesing, and I am ready to talk about the unfortunate departures and the very happy newcomers for UMass hockey program that we all know and love. Yeah, Evan's been uh, Evan's been pretty antsy all offseason to talk UMass hockey. Uh, ended a little little earlier than we wanted it to, so we had a little extra time to just get himself excited. Um, but yeah, we're we're so excited to be back. Like Evan said, we're going to talk about the newcomers first and foremost. Um, get you kind of acclimated to who's going to be on the team this year, their jersey numbers, that kind of thing. Um, we'll hit, touch on the departures a little bit, but first, let's. Uh, I guess guess it's only fitting we haven't been behind the mic in months. We we got to talk about the last couple months for us. What have what have you been up to this summer? I mean, if anybody follows me on Twitter, uh, mainly my Instagram, honestly, I feel like Instagram, I probably post a little more often than, than on Twitter, but I, t I tend to keep my Twitter just purely for UMass athletic stuff for 98% of my posts. So obviously we're in the off season of UMass athletics, so people weren't seeing too much on Twitter, but yeah, I've been, I've been keeping busy this summer. I mean, trying to stay fit and active as I kind of started last summer and trying to keep that up as much as possible. Been going out a lot with my friends. Um, it's my first summer that I have like my own car and stuff, which is really cool. So I can kind of go wherever I want to. Been hanging out with you quite a bit, Cam. We've been going to some baseball games and stuff every now and then, you know. But yeah, it's been it's been super fun. You know, it's just it's it's always refreshing not having your weekends be dominated by UMass hockey. But I think I've had enough uh, free will. I think over these past couple months and. I'm I'm ready to get back into the the schedule and the routine of things when it comes to UMass hockey. Yeah, it's been a good a good recharge for you, but I could tell you're you're ready to go. Hundred percent, dude. Um, my off season has been well. I it's the off season, but really not for me. I've been uh, I've been really getting into making baseball content. Uh, probably don't see it on on Twitter. I don't talk about it very much, but Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um. If you go to any of my pages there, you could check it out. Making baseball videos all summer long, going to a lot of stadiums. I'm on the path to getting all 30 stadiums. Like we got all uh, all 11 Hockey East arenas. Doing that with baseball stadiums. Um, making videos and having some pretty pretty cool experiences along the way, which has been fun. I went to the All-Star game. Um, that was incredible. Bunch of bunch of different places. Evan and I are even going to uh, the Bay Area in a couple of weeks. Yep. We're going to San Francisco and Oakland. To check out those ballparks so um that has not been a restful off season for me i'll say that but i am getting excited for for hockey to start a nice little change of pace as the the weather gets cooler um hopefully we have a nice good umass hockey team to watch this year 
Yeah, dude, with you, if it's not one sport, it's the other. You know what I mean? You're yeah. kind of you're kind of busy all year round because it seems like those off seasons. I mean, I wouldn't say perfectly aligned with one another. There's a tiny little bit of overlap, but I'd say if it comes to two sports that you would want to follow, I mean, it really doesn't get much better than that just with the minimal overlap between the two. So, yeah, I can tell, you know, you, you've been super busy and I've been, I've been really digging your content. I don't know if you want to do like an actual like quick plug with the socials, but cause I mean, I feel like it's kind of worth it. I'll be honest, man, your, your content over there is equally as good, maybe if not better than the stuff that's on high character right now. So dude, go ahead and plug those socials. You deserve it, pal. Sure. My, uh, my TikTok is just at the ballpark um on instagram and youtube it's just at cameron guzzo c-a-m-e-r-o-n-g-u-z-z-o um i post similar videos on there i post some longer stuff on youtube but uh people have really been noticing the baseball stuff and it's it's paying off for me financially with experiences so i'm happy to be doing it um gonna gonna throttle the brakes a little bit though for for high character i gotta focus on the podcast you know how it is yes sir and i feel like I don't know. It, for me personally, I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I'm picking UMass hockey all day. I mean, with you though, I know you're you're pretty freaking passionate about baseball. Yeah. But I, I dedicate your uh your equal time divided to both. Obviously, I mean this this seems like it's more of like the the passion project, if you will. I mean, absolutely. Like this is where you're getting like the raw, unfiltered stuff. I feel like you're starting to get pretty commercial with the baseball stuff. Do you getting sponsorships and all this yeah. other stuff? I mean, I'm not saying that's going to detract away from the content at all, but I mean, this stuff not really getting paid all that much to do it so i mean this is definitely you're getting you're getting the raw passion and we're not doing this for the for the check if you will you know no we're uh still very thankful for donations from you oh, guys 100 you know, this, this laptop we're still uh we're still recording on it yeah if you want to know um, yep. it's been working out great so we appreciate that but yeah we we do this because we love umass hockey we're not getting paid the big bucks to do it we just we're really passionate and hey, it's it's paid off for us too. We got to go on the field in Fenway and stuff like that. So we're gonna teaser, maybe get to talk to somebody again that we uh, recently talked to last year. So it's paying off here too. A hundred percent. And I mean, I feel like just as a quick little, you know, we always it always seems in most episodes we're always thanking the fans because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And we didn't even touch upon that yet. Like it's not just the, we're not doing this just for the hockey team. You know what I mean? Like it's cool to get recognized by the team, and it's cool to talk about the team that we love, but. You guys are the ones that are making this possible. If we if we were doing this for three people, if we were only getting three views on a you know on an episode, to be like, all right, maybe we could just we could just keep our conversations in the car to and from the games, you know. Yeah. But if if we're out here posting it up and people are digging what we're saying, they're messaging us on social media, they're showing us love, it just makes it that much more of a reason to keep doing it. So we do this all the time. We ended it just like this last season. We're gonna start up this season just like that. Thank you to all the fans. You guys have been awesome, and you're a huge reason why we're continuing to do this. So just wanted to show off the gratitude once again. Absolutely. And if you have any, uh, any recommendations for us about stuff you'd like us to do, we're not going to reach very far out of the podcast realm. Um, just, we don't have the time to do that, but if there's certain things you want us to like hear on the podcast or things like that, definitely let us know. We're open to, like Evan said, we're doing this for you. So we're open to any recommendations of stuff you want to hear. We will have on that note, um, a little bit of a programming change for this season, um, just with the the big time commitment that this all is, um, and partially based on the views. We're gonna scale back a little bit. We're still gonna have our our week our recap at the end of the weekend, whether it be one game or two games, um, just recapping the series. We're also at the end of those episodes going to throw in a preview for the next weekend's games. So 
it's just going to be um, usually once a week with the recap and then the preview. Every every once in a while, a midweek episode will slip in there, whether that be an arena review or or just something that we feel like needs to come up. Like we had the random uh, conversation about um, the UMass store last year, like stuff like that. Um, those will slip in, but just wanted to let you guys know about that little programming change. Should be about the same content. It's just going to be a little more condensed. That was the exact point I was going to make right before you said that. I mean, we're not we're not scaling back any of the content whatsoever. We're just kind of making it a bit more smart in the way that we're kind of delivering it to you guys. I mean, there's no sense in having, you know, a 30 minute episode and then a 20 minute episode where we're talking about generally the same types of things. You know, we're wrapping up one series. And we're talking about another. Let's just have it all flow into one nice, nice condensed episode. So we thought that was going to be the smartest way to go about things. And I think I think it'll be a lot a lot better for the viewer at the end of the day because you know we'll still have our, our midweek episodes every now and then you know if we got our arena review there we have a couple of new arenas i think that we might be going to see the this year so mm-hmm. obviously there's going to be room for that we might try and do some some mid-season interviews if the opportunity arises who knows i mean this this content's obviously very fluid we're going to try and reach out and get the feelers on some things so we'll see how that goes but hopefully these changes will be something that you guys like a lot more just as much as we will Right. And if you're a, a diehard series preview fan, just pause the episode once the recap's over and you could uh, start it in your car on the way to Mullins. There you go. The preview. So, yeah, that's our uh, our little scheduling update, but it should be pretty similar outside of that. Uh, why don't we why don't we get into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, what the people tuned in for? I couldn't have been more ready. So let's let's get it started, Cam. We're going to yeah. start off with the departures. Yeah, well, we got to talk about that first. Uh, a lot of departures. Just to refresh your memory, we'll go through each one, uh, the player and where they are now. So first one, Luke Pavisic, he transferred to UMass Lowell. Yikes. Uh, Mikey yeah. Adamson transferred to Sacred Heart. Cal Keefew transferred to Providence. Matt Koopman graduated. Uh, Garrett Waite is still on last year's roster, but uh, we all know what happened with him. Suffered the injury last offseason um, that kind of ended his career in a pretty sad way. Reed Lepster transferred to Michigan State. Ryan Sullivan transferred to Miami of Ohio. Josh Nadler transferred to Bowling Green. Noah Ellis transferred to the University of Nebraska, Omaha. Jerry Harding graduated. Eric Faith graduated. Henry Graham transferred to BU. Tyson Dick transferred to Wisconsin. And Jacob Pritchard is no longer uh, the extra coach for UMass. He's now with the Sioux City Musketeers of the USHL, I believe. Yep. So a um, lot of departures there. I don't know if you have anything that you want to touch upon with it. Yeah, I mean, just briefly, I mean, I feel like, I don't even want to cut this part out, but I wish 95% of these guys well. You know, I think we all know the uh, the very odd and uh, kind of unfortunate transfer with, with Pavisic, but it is what it is. These types of things happen in, in hockey. Welcome to college hockey. That's just the way transfers work. But, yeah, I mean, everybody else, I mean, they had – one reason or another, you know, that was pretty valid. You know, it made sense whether it's playing time or just overall fit, you know what I mean? Things happen. They got to do what's best for them. So wishing, wishing them all well. And uh, I know that kind of sounded like a lot of departures, but I think the beauty of that is that means that we have so much to talk about in this episode. Now, you know, we have a lot of, in, you know, newcomers to talk about. And I think I might be a little bit biased here because I'm always forward thinking, but I think they might make the team even better than last season. So I'm really excited to talk about these new guys that are coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just the last note on Pavisic, uh, he was really cool with us and so were his family. They're good people. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, I mean. The unfortunate part is the UMass Lowell 
that's a little exactly a hundred percent that's like i mean just sworn rivals man yeah. like that when i saw that on social media that it felt like a kick to the gut so i'm like you know we were obviously you know no ill will in that sense but i'm hoping that we're not rooting for him we'll exactly say that. Yeah. yeah he can if he has a great a great game every other game besides the ones that he plays against umass i'm smiling you know what i mean that's totally fine by me but yeah, it's just that one really stung. You know, it just felt a little weird. Whenever somebody goes to a sworn rival like that, it just, I don't know. It things, just, things. Exactly. So uh, before we jump into the newcomers, I guess we could uh, also touch upon the new captains that we have for this year. Um, it's it's a little different than normal. Normally you have one captain and two assistants. Uh, we've heard that the team votes for captains every year. And I'm not sure exactly how this shaped out, but there's only two captains. I believe they're both going to wear the C, and it is Aaron Bollinger and Ryan Ufko. So interesting there. I think two deserving guys. We've talked about Bollinger for the entire last season that we thought he was deserving. Um, the only reason we didn't get there with Ufko is we've just heard how soft-spoken he is, but um, that might have changed as he's gone up the ranks, um, gotten a little bit older. So. I think I think two really solid picks. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're just two dudes that are speculating from a, a, a bit of an outsider perspective. You know what I mean? We obviously don't know the ins and outs of the locker room, and this is stuff that's voted on by the players. And I'm assuming the coaching staff has to kind of give their blessing as well. Mm -hmm. Everybody's on board with these picks. I mean, it's it's an awesome thing to see. So super happy for both Bollinger and Ufko. I mean, really really awesome guys. We we've talked to Bollinger quite a bit before. He's a huge fan of what we do. So extra plaudits have to have to give it up to to Bollinger. He's a the big, you know, we're, we're we're pretty big Bollinger guys here at, at High Character, but that's mm. not to say that we're not fans of the rest of the team as well. You know what I mean? It's not meant to be a, a special thing. But, yeah, no, I mean, super, super happy for both of them, and hopefully they will lead us to great heights this season, and I'm feeling confident that they will do so. And if you remember the last time UMass had two guys wear the C, that was 2019-2020 season, Nico Hildenbrand and uh, Mitchell Chafee both wore yep. the C. So. Um, first time for in a little bit of time for that. Let's jump into these newcomers. I'm excited to to talk about these new guys. I know you have been in the trenches the last couple of weeks. Just like you probably you probably know these guys better than anybody besides that coaching staff at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I like to. I mean, I don't want to give myself too much of a pat on the back. I'm not like a scout by any means. You know what I mean? I think I just have a an almost obsessive like sort of disposition towards UMass hockey. So I just you know. I have a lot of free time every now and then, you know, I'll be sitting down on a, on a Friday night or whatever, just kind of mind my own business. I'm not going out to parties. I'm not going out to bars and stuff. I'm sitting here watching USH, USHL highlights of Jack <laughs> Musa. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's something that I do. And I enjoy just kind of speculating on, on how, how teams are going to perform in the future. It's just, it, it always hits a little different when you're really emotionally invested in a team. So yeah, I feel like I've, I've done quite a bit of research. I've, you know, kind of gotten a, a pretty decent feel or at least as much of a feel as somebody can get without physically being there at the practices. Haven't made it out to one yet. I, I do want to at some point. I tweeted out at Coach Carvel and I was like, hey, when can we when can we get access to these? And it turns out to me, anybody can just walk in whenever. So I might have to make out that uh that two hour trip at some point, maybe before the start of the season. But yeah, I'd like to think that uh I'm definitely ready to talk about these guys and I have quite a bit to say. Cool. Yeah, and you're gonna have to give a report if you do head out there on the hundred percent. So, uh, the first guy. We'll start with the forwards here. The first guy that we're gonna talk about, 
Jack Musa. He's going to wear number nine. Uh, he is from Orange Park, Florida. Last year, he played for a couple different USHL teams, the Madison Capitals and the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders. And it looked pretty good. He put up 43 points across those two teams in one season. So um, another a guy that we hope can add on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah, I mean, realistically, that Madison Capitals team, I don't think was one of the best ones in the USHL. At least just, I mean, Jack Moose's plus minus wasn't amazing, but you can't purely attribute that to him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was almost point per game. You know, 30, 38 games played 33 points. You're doing pretty well for yourself, especially when he's more of a, a, a scoring minded forward, you know, he, he plays a, a decent kind of back check, but I mean, he's still a smaller guy. I've read reports that he's anywhere between 155 to like 170. So, I mean, he's clearly been able to put on some of the pounds, but again, I mean, that's not to say that, you know, a, a smaller guy can't be effective. Cough, cough, Bobby Trevino, you know what I mean? Like he's obviously a special case, but right. that's, that's not to say that somebody could become that good. So I think, you know, he has very, very smart hockey sense from at least the highlights that I've seen that I've seen from him. Like the USHL YouTube page doesn't really give off like full game access. So it's kind of hard to get an entire kind of view of his game. But in the highlights that I've seen, his shot, pretty solid, really, really good off the puck. You know, he has like he when when you're a smaller guy, normally you have to have really good hockey IQ and puck sense. He has really, really solid sense of just kind of finding the gaps in the offensive zone and being able to make quick skating moves to kind of find an open lane and get a quick shot off. And that's led to a lot of scoring success out of him. So I really like his game so far. I think he could be a contributor a little bit farther down the lineup, you know, maybe as like a third line scoring forward. And when I kind of, you know, so the way that I'm going to kind of do this is like, that was kind of like my notes section that I'm going to do like a bit of like a comparison. So for every player, they're going to get a comparison. I'm going for a guy like Cal Keefuk here. You know, he he just left the program. He was a bit of a smaller guy, but he has shown scoring touch. You know what I mean? He he. I wouldn't say he would necessarily take over a game single-handedly like a Bobby Trevino or, you know, like a John Leonard or something like that. But he can be a really good complementary piece. And if he stays here all four years, he could definitely be a guy in the top two scoring lines, and he can certainly make an impact. Awesome. And we, uh, we also have a quote from Coach Carville for almost all these guys. I think there's one or two that don't, as of right now, have a quote. But um, Carville said about Jack Musa, Jack is a highly skilled forward who plays with pace and can make plays. Jack combines skill with a great work, work ethic. He will be fun to watch during his time as a Minuteman. Yeah, and I mean, it's basically what I said. I mean, yeah. you know, I feel like we're not going to differ too much because what Carvey sees is probably what most people are going to see as well. You know what I mean? It's not like right. he's coming up with some crazy takes out of nowhere you know i i it, yeah i mean i just yeah he's gonna be a, a pretty solid player for us certainly awesome the next guy we have is bo Cosman. he's gonna wear number 28 uh eric faith wore that number 28 for a while so that might take a few games to get used to yeah. he's from milton georgia last season he played for three different nahl teams the el paso rhinos the anchorage wolverines and the minnesota wilderness what a team name um yeah. He scored 28 points in that time. And from the looks of it, it's pretty big dude. Yeah, definitely. So kind of the, the vibe that I've gotten, at least from the two different junior leagues, is that the USHL tends to be a bit more skill-focused, and the NHL seems to be a bit more kind of gritty, physical, like just 
grind the games kind of out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we're, we're starting to get a couple more prospects from the NHL. Like we're just getting Bo Cosman now. I think next year we're getting defenseman Evan Orloff, who kind of projects to be more of a, you know, big, tough type of guy. So you were definitely getting a lot more physicality with Bo Cosman. But the good thing that I like about him, I mean, you just mentioned he's like 6'3", like almost 200 pounds. That's a big boy, right? And when you see a big boy like that, you're kind of thinking, you know, gritty, just is going to lay the body kind of similar to, to Eric Faith, if we're being honest with ourselves here. That was kind of Eric's Faith's game as well. But I think Cosman has a bit of a scoring touch about him. You know, at least in the NHL, you know, he showed very solid speed, kind of, I wouldn't say exactly in the vein of like a Taylor McCarr, right? Like, you know, McCarr, he, he has, I'd say, a bit better hands right now. But the good thing about Cosman is that he's 21 years old. He's he's physically mature already. You know, like we have a couple of guys who are coming in as freshmen who are only like 18 years old. Bo Cosman's coming as a 21 year old, and if he stays here all four years, dude's gonna be a 25 year old for, uh, you know, senior. Mm-hmm. So he might have a bit more of an impact early on just because of purely his size, and he's just a bit more experienced, just overall in age. But I mean, realistically, I'm not really sure about the overall ceiling, but he is a very high floor kind of guy. You know, he's going to work hard. He's going to grind you out in the corners. First kind of immediate thoughts could be like a Jerry Harding type guy or even like an Eric Faith, just really good on the back check. He's not going to shy away from hits. He could screen the goalie out in front. He's going to use his strength and his speed and his overall size to his advantage. If he gets a couple more goals into him and he shows a really good scoring touch, you could even see like an Anthony Delgazzo type senior season where he's just absolutely, you know, wrecking people on both ends and he can really just sit there in front of the net and just start chipping pucks in and, you know, have a really good nose around the net. So mm. I definitely think he could be a contributor um, both early on and later on just because dude's 21, you know what I mean? He's already yeah. going to have an upper hand on a lot of the newer guys coming in. Yep. And Coach Carville echoes a lot of your sentiments. Bo Kosman is a big competitive power forward who can skate and make plays. He's another high character individual. Ding, ding, ding. Love hearing that. Who has the ability to play up and down our lineup. Bo will add depth and size to our forward group. Yeah. And I mean, just, just to close, I mean, that's, that's the big thing of size. And you know, the thing that I think I'm going to try and highlight throughout a lot of this stuff is that we've brought in a lot of size because last year we didn't really have that across kind of both groups, whether it be the forward group and the, the defensive group. So that was kind of one thing that I think the coaching staff looked at a lot this off season and said, we need to get bigger. We need to get tougher. You know, the whole, you know, high character UMass hockey thing, fast, hard, prepared. We were fast at times, but I don't think we were as hard as we could be. And I think, I think we're going to, we're going to add a lot more grit to our lineup and that'll be, that'll be great this season. For sure. All right. Our, our next guy, his name is Cameron O'Neill, another Cameron on the team to just confuse me when I'm at games. <laughs> um, he will wear number eight. So um, interesting there. We were kind of hoping that number eight would be retired some sometime down the line. Um, it doesn't look like UMass is going that route. They could still go uh, the route they did with Pat Keenan's number four, where it's in the rafters, but uh, it's not. It's still worn out on the ice. Uh, and this is a younger guy. He's 19 years old from uh, Odenton, Maryland. Last year, he played for the Tri-City Storm, where he put up 27 points in the USHL. And I'm looking at one of his uh, one of his seasons at Mount St. Charles before yep. uh, 18U. Put up 133 points in 62 games. So that is 
some insane scoring output. I'm hoping some of that transferred over to the college game too. Yeah, I mean, that that right there, that is the stat that's basically popped out to every single individual that has ever followed Cam O'Neill's junior career. I mean, those are absolutely monstrous numbers on, I think, a Mount St. Charles team that ended up winning, like, the entirety of, like, the, you know, under-18, like, triple-A championship. You know, I forget exactly the name of the league, but I think they went the whole way. And, I mean, Cam O'Neill was <laughs> quite apparently a huge part of that success. But... Yeah, I mean, realistically, didn't really set the world alight in the, you know, in the USHL. I mean, you're averaging 0.5 points per game. That is completely acceptable, especially when you're basically an 18-year-old at that point. I mean, you know, this was a Tri-City Storm team that was also very, very solid in the USHL. You know, they were they were a very solid team overall. But, yeah, Cam O'Neill is going to be a scoring threat that that is the name of his game you know there's going to be guys on this team that are going to be very defensively oriented and very physically focused cam o'neill gives you a really good shot some good hands and solid skating you know that that is the name of his game and that's not to say that he's not going to be good two-way but his bread and butter is in the offensive zone like i'm expecting this dude to get power play looks you know maybe not this early on in his career it might not be this season but certainly, you know, if he sticks around and he keeps developing the way that he should, this this kid, I mean, he was a fifth-round draft pick by, by the Senators. There's clearly potential there. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And I, you know, I absolutely just kind of – I loved watching his game when I was looking at some highlights. I mean, he looked really, really good. And, Cam, you're probably going to allude to this a little bit later because I don't want to steal Carby's words too much here, but me and Carby were very, very similar in how we saw him, like – I'm pretty sure Carvey, you know, kind of saw a little bit of Mitchell Chafee in him. <laughs> why, don't I, why don't I read this first? Yeah, just, yeah, just go for it. That. Yeah. So Carvey said, Cam was selected by the Ottawa Senators in the fifth round of last year's NHL entry draft. Cam has always been a player that can put the puck in the net and is very effective from the top of the circles of the goal line. We feel that he fits our identity well, and he is a highly competitive player that plays with an edge. He has the potential to be a power forward who can score similar to how Mitchell Chafee did for us before signing with the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's six foot, 200 pounds. That's a thick dude right there. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're a little bit taller, you're probably hitting that 200, that 200 pound mark, but hitting, hitting 200 pounds at, at six foot on the dot, you, you got some heft to you. You know what I mean? You're a solid dude. So he's not going to get pushed around very easily, which is something that I saw a bit of last season in, in some players. So if we can be stronger on the puck and, you know, again, we needed more offensive minded folks on the team. Like there were, there were a lot of instances where goal scoring was a huge issue. It didn't matter what type of look they had. If it was a two on one, if it was a breakaway power play, we didn't have guys that were going to rip the puck and score it. Cam O'Neill is going to be that type of guy. You know, he could even develop into a Garrett weight type dude. Who's just kind of sitting around the net front and can chip pucks in and, you know, get into those dirty areas and get goals. But he will be a guy, mark my words. He's putting the puck in the back of the net. That is his game. Awesome. And I, I love that Chafee comparison. I think he was super underrated in his time 100%. at UMass. So that'd be, that'd be great to get that kind of production. All right. Our, our next guy's name is Nicholas Van Tassel. He'll wear number 22 um, from Basking Ridge, New Jersey, the same, um, same part of New Jersey that the Del Gaizo brothers are from. So that's a pretty cool um, little reference there. He was also a draft pick from the Ottawa senators. This uh, he went in the seventh round of this most recent draft. So uh, turned into the Ottawa Minutemen up there a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. They, they all shape up. And last season he played for the USHL Green Bay Gamblers. 
Um, he had 37 points in 62 games, so a little bit more than uh, half a point per game. Uh, and a good amount of goals. He had 19 goals. So, um, And he's only 19 right now, so I think those stats look pretty good for that level. Certainly. I mean, he's only 19, six foot four. I mean, this kid's, this kid's monstrous. You know what I mean? And again, you can't teach size, right? Like that's, that's what a lot of NHL scouts are saying nowadays. If you can get two guys with similar skill sets, one of them six, four, the other one's five, eight, you're picking the six, four dude all the time. You know, mm -hmm. that's just the way of the world now. And he uses that freaking strength, you know, that size to his advantage. Like I've seen both scouting reports and, just overall game film of him where he uses his stick reach, which is absolutely massive because of his height. Um, He uses that to his full advantage. Like he's pulling pucks from one side of his forehand to one side of his backhand. And it's going literally wider than the width of the net. You know, like he is just an, an absolutely massive human being. And, you know, he, he uses his, his physical tools very, very well. His, you know, his, his skating is, pretty freaking good for a guy of his of his size you know what i mean like hmm. he he knows how to handle the puck well he's he's a bit of a unicorn you know what i mean like if we look at his stats he both seasons in the ushl so far he has scored more than he's assisted which i'd say that again that's pretty encouraging because i feel like last season we were a team full of playmakers with no finishers hmm. you know like i'm pretty sure up until the like the very end of the season or i could even be just completely misspeaking but Taylor McCarr was like our leading goal scorer and or at least up until a certain point, I think maybe Connors or Scott Morrow might've, might've taken that crown at the very end, but he was right up there the whole time. Yeah. We and had, it was tough getting a guy to reach double digits. I remember Exactly. That. I think we had one or two double digit guys the entire season. I think just in this freshman class alone, we have potentially like three or four, you know what I mean? Like we have guys that, you know, again, I'm not saying they might do it this season, but just in the near future by their sophomore year, they will be forces to be reckoned with, you know? So again, like I kind of said with Van Tassel could be like a Taylor McCarr type, you know, just very quick, very big mm -hmm. and finds a way to get, to get goals in the net. So yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to see how he develops because he has all the tools there. You know what I mean? Like you see flashes of it and just like with Taylor, I want to see them get put all together because it will be a beautiful thing if they all get put together. Absolutely. And if, yeah, you're, if we can get a couple guys, like you said, with uh, that kind of scoring output, that'd be huge for this season. Uh, here's, here's Carvey's quote. Nick has great size and combines it with notable offensive ability and therefore is on the NHL central scouting list for the upcoming draft. Nick has the potential to be an effective power forward in hockey East. And I'm excited to see his game continue to grow once he gets to UMass. There's a lot of potential to be reached if Nick can continue developing his compete for the puck and use his size most effectively. And for the record, whenever I made these uh, these notes, I'm reading this, I made a nine-page document basically describing all these players. And uh, I didn't look at, at Carby's notes for any of these. So if there were, you know, a lot of kind of similarities, I mean, that just, no Carvey knows puck, right? That just means that <laughs> I know puck as well. So, I mean, I'm going to tap, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit there. But there you go. Yeah. I just know I just don't want either of us to sound like broken records when we're parroting almost the exact same points. I mean, it's not like we're making stuff up about these players, you know, real, real going to recognize real at the end of the day. So, hmm. yeah. All right. So we'll move on this next guy. Uh, Evan, Evan might have this guy's Jersey before the season starts with how much I like about him. Adar Sunayev. Um, he will wear number 16, another, uh, Kind of kind of weird situation. We didn't think anybody would ever wear that number for UMass again. But again, 
Um, I would assume that he's he's gotten blessings from the Makar family with that one. He's 6'2", 18 years old from Kazan, Russia. And last year, just silly numbers for the Penticton Vs. Is that how you say it? Yep, you got that right. Uh, in the BCHL, he put up 90 points, 45 goals um, and in only 50 games. And then he had 15 more playoff games, put up 23 more points. So that's 113-point season uh, as an 18-year-old in the BCHL. So some crazy upside to this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to basically just straight up read my notes here just right off there because I don't want to forget a single thing that I thought about this kid. Like, I'd be going on for days. So to keep it concise, I'm just going to stick to the notes here. I've been super high on him ever since he's committed. Like, I just figured there was something about him. This this kid just has it. You know, sometimes you just have a gut feeling about somebody, and I've had that from the very beginning. He's averaged more than a point per game in every league that he's played in in the past two years. Like, that's just unheard of. Wherever this kid goes, he wins. It's as simple as that. And he's he's looked absolutely amazing, absolutely elite scoring ability. Like, I've heard scouts, and I've seen it myself through highlights, Kids shots almost NHL level as it stands right now. He hasn't even played a single game in the NCAA. Like, this kid literally looks like an Ovechkin out there. You know, like, he just, on the power play, he's absolutely lethal. And you can you can take these things with a grain of salt because you can say, oh, well, he played in Canadian high school and he played in the BCHL, which aren't really as, you know, competitive of leagues, you know, in comparison to something like the USHL. I get that. You know what I mean? Like, we said the same thing about Tyson Dick last year. He had like 80 points or whatever on his team. He admittedly, he he showed flashes of the brilliance, but he wasn't the effective player that we expected him to be last year. He's a much smaller guy too. Exactly. Guy. That That is a huge part of it. But, in you know, just some things just straight up weren't there. But I have such a different feeling about, about Sinaev. Like his his scoring ability is insane. And another thing you could immediately think, you know, if, if people are paying attention to the BCHL out there, you could say, oh, well, Bradley and Josh Nadeau were both on the, the Pentathon Vs, who I think one of which, I think Bradley is a, currently a main commit. He went into the first round of the NHL draft this year, but he didn't play with either of them besides on the power play. He was basically like their, their supplemental winger on the power play, but A.R. Sunayev basically held his own on the second line by himself with two other, frankly, not as good players. You know what I mean? He was hard carrying that line and he was making plays damn near by himself. He... Mm -hmm could could do basically everything out there the only thing that i've heard potential issues with is his skating not to say that he's not fast but his skating stride i heard was like inefficient i'm not a power skating coach i don't know these things in and out but when i read things online i can take into account the fact that they know more than me so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna understand what they say so maybe his skating couldn't improve but he got time to figure that out you know what i mean if everything else is already there you can teach somebody how to skate you know, that's, that's definitely, you know, you're bringing a speed skating coach and you're basically set. So this kid could just straight up set the world alight. My, my comparison is somebody that we haven't really seen for a couple of years and it's John Leonard, you know, he can just be absolutely electric. He can take the puck one V five by himself and make something happen. And that's what I'm expecting out of Sunayev. Like he's absolutely nuts with the puck. He just, we we have the ability to get him the puck, and the problem was was that we couldn't finish. Mm. This kid is a certified finisher. I wouldn't be surprised in a year or two when you know the Calgary Flames are knocking at his door trying to get him to sign professionally. He might have put up thirty goals that season for UMass. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. So 
I have very high expectations and hopes for him and to, for just for my sake. So I don't look like an idiot. I'm hoping that he meets, that he meets them because I have been putting this kid on a pedestal for the past year and a half now. Yeah. And I uh, forgot to mention at first, he's a Calgary flames third round draft pick, which yep. is pretty cool. Here's Carvey's quote on him. Adar is a highly skilled and talented scoring forward. He has good size and skating ability and should be taken in the higher rounds of this year's NHL draft in June. He was obviously Adar earned first team all league honors in the BCHL playing for Penticton this past year. He's also an excellent student who is receiving the highest level of academic merit that is possible at UMass. Adar has the ability to be a game-changing player on the ice and has a great is, and a great addition to our culture. Yeah, and I mean that's not even something that I even thought about with his academics. I mean, if this kid's a killer student, that's you know we need guys like that in the program. You know, like we're constantly in the all academic teams, and that's something that the program and Carvey both kind of just pride themselves on. So. If this kid's nasty on the ice and he's also great in the classroom, it doesn't get much better than that. Hmm. Yeah, it should be should be fun to watch. Some some pretty high expectations. We'll see. We'll see if he can live up to him as we start the season here. Our next guy is Dan's Lockmelis. He'll wear number ten. Uh, a little uniform number change. You might remember Kolohara used to wear number ten last season. He is now wearing number nineteen. So um, the ten is now Lockmelis's. He's uh, six foot, 170 pounds, 19 years old out of Jelgava, Latvia. Um, he last played for I, what I can only assume is their under 20 juniors league yep. over in Latvia. Put up 59 points in 44 games last year, so a pretty good scoring touch. And he was a fourth round draft pick of the Bruins in this most recent year. So awesome to have a UMass guy get drafted to the Bruins for once. Yeah, I'll, I'll issue a quick couple of corrections. So, last name, Loschmelis. There's, like, a little, like, thing over the sea. Um, you know, that's over the Latvian language. You know, that's, mm. that's yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, Dan's Loschmelis, he's filth. You know, it's great to have a Bruins draft pick out there. And, yeah, he was killing it in all levels. So, he was playing overseas. Um, quick disclaimer, he's not going to be able to play for the first couple of games, from what I've heard, because he played, I think, two SHL games. So, SHL... Swedish Hockey League, um, technically professional. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, his team, uh, I think it's Lulia. I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's Lulia. Um, they liked him so much at like the under-20 level in Sweden that they said, hey, we should bring this kid up, see what he's all about, see how he can go against guys, and or like full-grown men, I should say. And I mean, he held his own. He played two full games, was, you know, zero on the plus-minus. Didn't score, didn't assist, but again, this kid's going up against probably 30-year-olds. It's really not a bad look when you're only, you know, probably 18 years old at the time. So, because I mean, yeah, he was playing in the SHL back in 2021, 2022. Like, this kid was 17 when that happened, which is freaking unbelievable. So, kid has loads of potential. He's a fourth rounder of the Bruins. You know, we haven't had too many Bruins draft picks come through at UMass. So, that's huge. And uh, he's really hyped. You know what I mean? Like, so he basically played for the World Juniors uh, for Latvia, which was like an under 20 um, national tournament. And Latvia kind of shocked the world a little bit. You know, they, they were really, really good. I think they ended up losing to Team Canada, which was an absolutely stacked team. You know what I mean? And even then, I think they gave them a run for their money. You might have to fact check me on that. But I know they had a really, really good run in the uh, in the World Juniors. And Lushmelis was a huge part of that. You know, I think he was part of their leadership group. He might have been a captain at one point. I don't remember. I know he was a captain of his junior team uh, in Sweden. And a lot of people think that he could even outdo Sunayev. Like I'm, I'm a huge Sunayev guy, but 
do not let Los Melis like fall under the radar because both of those kids are going to be absolutely electric for UMass. Um, really, really good two way is is kind of the big thing is that he's just as good defensively as he is offensively. So, yeah, he could easily lock up, you know, at some point a number one center spot. You know, he plays center. He's really good in the faceoff dot, and he's very good defensively. We actually just had a couple of quotes come up from Carvey today as we record this that Lushmelis will most likely start on the third line uh, for just to start off the season because, you know, with any player that comes from overseas, there's a bit of a transition, you know, especially if they're playing, you know, in junior leagues and, you know, you want to kind of get them up to speed with the Hockey East level. You know, Hockey East is a very, very good collegiate hockey conference. So, you know, it could be a little bit different from your average Swedish, you know, under 20 junior team. So there's going to be a bit of a transition period, but, you know, I think everybody's super confident that that will be a very smooth transition. And uh, I think the best way to compare this guy is somebody that, you know, has recently left the team in the past couple of years is Josh Lapina. I think he's going to be like a heavily upgraded Josh Lapina. And wow. that is a hell of a compliment because Lapina was great at UMass. But imagine somebody that has a very similar skill set, might not be the biggest guy out there, you know, six foot 170, bit light, admittedly, you know, but the the balance on the puck and the strength is going to come in time. And, you know, I think his ability to be really good in the faceoff dot and have a very, very good back checking ability is definitely going to help out our defensive core a lot as well, because a lot of the times the defensive core kind of got overwhelmed because there wasn't amazing back checkers at times, you know, on UMass last season. So with his work rate and his ability to get back and make plays defensively as well, as well as offensively, he is going to make for an amazing player. So mm. I am very high on Loshmelis, but just a bit higher on Sunayev. Maybe they'll have a little bit of a rivalry. I think me and you might have some picks for most improved player at some point in the preseason. Maybe maybe that'll be a little thing we can put a wager on. But uh, yeah, I think both guys are going to be wicked good. That is some some very high praise there, and Carvey has some of his own as well. Dan's had an outstanding season playing for Lulia in the Swedish Junior League leading his team in scoring. Dans is a Latvian who has represented his country on the national stage many times and played in the World Junior Championship last winter. A fourth-round draft pick of the Boston Bruins, Dans is a complete 200-foot player that has notable skill level that is matched by an impressive work ethic. We expect him to play in the middle where his hockey sense and his skating abilities will be best utilized. And there you go. And just for a quick housekeeping note, that wraps up our freshman forwards for this season. I think everybody else we're going to talk about here is going to be a transfer. Mm. So that will wrap up our newly, basically like anybody under the age of 20 besides Bo Cosman, because he's 21. And <laughs> yeah, then we'll, we're now going to get into the, uh, the older guys, a little bit of a forward experience, which will be very much appreciated. I think with, a lot of young guys coming in. I think we'll have some good mentors for these guys. Yeah, we're uh, as we as we've documented the last couple seasons. It's been a little rough on the transfer market in terms of the guys that UMass are bringing in. So, um, hoping for a little bit of improvement in that regard. The first guy that we'll talk about, Lucas Vanrabois. Uh, he'll wear number twelve this season, and currently he's twenty four years old from Thamesville, Ontario. Last season and the previous season, he played for Bentley. Last year, he played in 32 games, and he scored 20 points. Um, so just from the looks of it, looks like he might be more of a depth kind of guy. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think this guy's going to be a big contributor. Um, okay. Maybe not necessarily on the scoring front, but um, so, yeah, so like you said, he played for Bentley. They play in, I think, Atlantic Hockey, which is less tough of a conference than, than Hockey East. Certainly, I don't want to start roasting other conferences here because – as we have in basically every episode of High Character, somebody's going to catch a stray eventually. And well, it I mean, might... gets roasted every time the NCAA tournament conversation comes around. So, I mean, basically, well, if you if we're going to, isn't AIC in Atlantic Hockey and they bumped yeah. off St. Cloud that one time, you know, as the four seed and they the did. Four, so, yeah, let's, did. yeah, we can just totally. So, a, let, let's be real here. St. Cloud's going to be the one catching the stray here, as they always do. <laughs> I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who's a St. Cloud fan earlier today, and I brought up that exact moment. So it's funny that it popped up here, too. The 5 nothing moment? No, 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 no. The uh, the AIC uh, St. Cloud. Oh, oh well, they've I got a few moments. Yeah, I brought up the 5 nothing moment, too. So if we want to get technical, I brought up basically <laughs> every bad moment that St. Cloud has had in the past five years. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, back on track here. Uh, Vanderboy's. He's a nasty little dude, man. And I shouldn't even say little because he's 6'2", like almost 200 pounds. This kid, he plays with an edge, and that's what I like about him. I think he's going to be that, like, you know, I'll, I'll just say it right now. My comparison forms like Anthony Delgado. I mean, he's wearing 12. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. Mm. But this kid is not afraid to throw the body. Like, he he had 84 penalty minutes back in 2021, and in 2022 he had 65. I'm hoping that they're not like, you know, head contact freaking misconducts. I'm hoping that he just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but this kid, he injects a lot of uh, nastiness into the lineup. Like if we're going to talk about fast, hard, prepared, it's this kid right here. You know what I mean? He he definitely is going to lay out the body. He's going to be a great four checker. He could, you know, he put up 20 points last season. You know, again, Atlantic hockey, it is what it is, but. We have a lot of talent on this team now, and a lot of his, you know, points were assists. So he knows how to dish it. So if he's not going to be the one scoring, he's going to be the one to go into the corner, pick somebody's pocket, press them up against the boards, take the puck, pass it, and then boom, it's in the back of the net. So I have really, really good, you know, and high hopes for this kid because I think in a lot of other cases, we haven't had a lot of transfer experience. Like you said, like, you know, we've had some bad experiences when it comes to transfer forwards. I genuinely think this is going to be different. I think we're turning over a new leaf because he he a lot of our kind of transfer you know weight that we're putting on them is in scoring at least you know in the past couple of years. I don't think that's going to be Vanderboys' game. He's here to win faceoffs because he's very very good in the faceoff dot. We're going to play that possession style that we are so used to, and he's going to be a huge part of that. I wouldn't be surprised if this kid you know he's centering the second line and he's going to be like a big time nasty power forward. And we're going to put two really, really good scoring guys on either side of him. And they're just going to run loose and they're just going to play, you know, very offensively minded. And they're going to let Vanderboys be kind of a work ethic, high character, grind them out kind of guy to, to help them succeed. So I, I really like the look of, of Vanderboys a lot. And I think a lot of people are going to be very pleasantly surprised with what he provides to this team because his style of play is what this team needs very, very much. Cool. I'd love to see it. Uh, here's what Carvey had to say. Lucas Vanderboys is a big competitive center who will add to our depth down the middle of the ice this season. His proven physicality in college hockey over four seasons combined with his compete in the face-off circle will make Lucas a great addition to our locker room. 
Yeah, and I wouldn't even just say the locker room. I think this kid is going to be filthy out on the ice. I I really, really love that style of play because not everybody can play like that. You can ask people to play like that, but they might not have it in them. He has it in him. You know, you don't have to ask him to play hard. You know, he's going to do it no matter what. Hmm. Awesome. So our uh, our next guy is another transfer forward, uh, a really late addition to the roster, if we're being honest. His name is Christian Sanda. He's going to wear number 15. He's 25 years old right now from Bad Nays Heights, Minnesota. Um, he transfer, he's transferring from Union. It looks like his whole college career was there before this season. And it looks like he's he's battled some injuries, um, missed a bunch of games in a few of these seasons. So I guess it's kind of hard to tell his full potential as of right now. Yeah, so I guess in the sophomore year, I want to say I looked up some stories. I think he might have like broken his leg or something, and it just completely derailed that whole season. Um, or no, I think that might have been this past season. I think the I think his sophomore season didn't play because I'm pretty sure Union's ECAC, right? And they just canceled that whole season. Yeah. So yeah, so that right there, I mean, he wasn't able to play for that season anyway. But uh, yeah, I think this past season he was dealing with a, a big, big time injury that only allowed him to play 12 games. Um, really, really unfortunate, but. Yeah, from what I've heard from a lot of people, I mean, he's very well respected just in the hockey world. I mean, he's going to provide a, a wealth of experience to this team. I mean, admittedly, he was, you know, a very late addition to the roster. So as it stands right now, I see him as being, you know, a very important depth piece. You know what I mean? That's not to under, you know, underplay what he can bring to this program. But personally, just kind of looking at the roster that we have, I think he'll, it'll be tough for him to crack the roster right off the bat. But that's not to say, you know, that it's very important to kind of have a next man up mentality. And he definitely has things to offer. You know what I mean? That's that's not to say that. I mean, I've seen a couple of highlights from him from, I think, both juniors um, way back in the day. And also um, some plays for Union where, you know, he's he's very quick. He's a, he's a very solid skater and he's smart around, you know, the front of the net. You know, I saw him have a couple of goals where he's picking someone's pocket and he's just sliding it right in, you know, like it. Hasn't happened a whole lot, admittedly, but he has that in his bag that he can pull out, you know, if the opportunity arises. So every team's going to need some good depth pieces. He's apparently extremely good in the, in the classroom. So, you know, it, there's there's no negative here. And that's the great thing is that he can only bring positives to this team. And I, I fully expect that to happen. So obviously, you know, huge welcome to the program. Very happy for him that, uh, I think one of the reasons that he wanted to come here is for academics. I think I think one of his graduate degrees is really, really well-respected at UMass. So, yeah, that's that's going to be great for, I think, everybody involved, for him to give some to the hockey team, and then also UMass can give him something academically as well. Yeah, and uh, here's what Carvey had to say. Christian Sanda is a late addition to our roster who will add to the depth and maturity of our team. Christian comes to us out of the transfer portal as a graduate transfer from Union where he was used as a great teammate who had to battle through a couple injuries that required him to miss long stretches on the ice. He is fully healthy now and is excited about his opportunity here at UMass. He's a strong student, a competitor on the ice, and he will be a welcome addition to our roster. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, it's a win-win for everybody involved, certainly. Absolutely. All right, our next guy is another transfer forward named Liam Gorman. He'll wear number 20. Uh, he's 23 years old from Arlington, Massachusetts, so nice to have a Massachusetts guy on the roster and he's transferring from Princeton and he's also a sixth round draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks too, which is pretty nice. Last season for Princeton, he played 32 games and he had 24 points with 12 goals scored. So 
Um, seems like that that kind of offensive production would be a nice welcome addition. Yeah, I mean, his first two or three seasons, I think, for Princeton, he never hit the double digits in points. And then he absolutely exploded last season for 24. I mean, he's playing some of his best hockey right now. And if he can give that same sort of impact to UMass, I mean, what else could you ask for? That's a, that's a, that's a great transfer right there. But, yeah, another huge kid. You know, like six three. I mean, I keep calling these guys kids. They're basically my age. They're <laughs> like, you know, almost twenty four. But you know, that's just the way language works. But uh, no, nah, he was he was a former captain of Princeton. You know that that provides a bunch of leadership and experience. You know, it's always great to have guys that are willing and and able to to give leadership. You know, especially when we're gonna have, frankly, a pretty young team. You know, they're, they're you know we have a lot of guys that will be inexperienced, but they're they have a lot of skill. I mm-hmm. think you can impart experience via leadership, and I think you can kind of accelerate that acclimation process to hockey East, especially through having some some veteran guys kind of show them the ropes. So, yeah, he's a huge guy. Like I said, 6'3", 210, and he, he kind of has a little bit of it all. You know, again, kind of power forward type guy. Again, solid in the faceoff dot. You know, that's that's what a lot of these guys are bringing to the table. And, I mean – you don't just like how I said with Vanderboys, you know, we don't have to immediately judge a transfer by how much they score. But if he's going to provide scoring, that's going to be great. But I think a lot of what he can bring to the table is hockey sense, good skating, physicality, you know. And if you're able to just do that at the bare minimum, you're already a net positive. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah, if you miss a couple shots every now and then, it is what it is. But as long as you play hard, you can you can make up for that. And I think he he definitely has that ability within him. So if I had to kind of compare him to somebody, could be like a Lucas Mercury type. You know, again, another big guy, another center, another guy that can kind of, you know, he can definitely chip in offensively, but a lot of the game is going to be kind of doing the little things, you know, standing out in front of the net, screening the goalie, you know, wearing down the opposition in the corners by being a big presence out there. So it's not always about the scoring, but it looks like Liam Gorman could be providing some, especially after last season where he just completely exploded points-wise. So, hey, hopefully he makes another jump again. He jumped from six points to 24 points. We'll do a quick math lesson. That's times four. If we multiply 24 by four, if he gets 96 points for us, all right, we just got to keep that that line of thinking going, and I think uh, he'll be in a pretty good spot for us. That would be pretty nice. Uh, yeah, wouldn't it? That that age is uh, very nice uh, also that you mentioned. Um, there's a lot of freshmen on this team, so just to get some ex- older, experienced guys that have played a bunch of years in the NCAA is definitely a plus. Here's what Carvey had to say. Liam Gorman is a big power forward who can play down the middle. He combines size and work ethic with his ability to score goals. He will add valuable experience, leadership, and maturity to our forward group after playing in the ECAC for three seasons. Liam is a high character kid who will be a great fit for UMass hockey. That's a nice statement right there. Yeah, no, it's all about the high character kids. You know, why why else would we name the podcast that? You know what I mean? If if you if you're getting the high character seal of approval from Carvey, I think you're doing pretty good for yourself. So yeah, I really like the look of him and I think he has a lot to offer. All right. Let's uh let's switch over to defensemen now. Um, this is gonna be some newcomers, so uh, a couple of freshmen. First, first guy we have to talk about, Sebastian Thorn- Thornquist. He'll wear number 21. He's 20 years old out of Everlove, Sweden. Um, last season, he played for the Tri-City Storm in the UCHL, so he's he's made the jump over here already. Last season, he played 50 games, scored 29 points, so pretty decent output for a defenseman. Um, and seems like one of those guys we can get excited about. 
Yeah, Tornquist, really like him. Um, I think when I did my little uh, like projected lineups, I don't think I had him in originally to to make the to break the opening day roster. I'm I'm starting to rethink that a little bit. I mean, he I was looking more at his game and kind of just his overall highlights and for the Tri City Storm. It's nice, you know what I like. He it it doesn't come very often where you see a guy in the USHL put up double digit goals, like eleven goals is solidly you know it's very impressive and yeah exactly i mean and that's not to say that he's not good from a two-way perspective as well like this kid was an overall plus you know which means he would he was shutting people down as well it's not like he was out there being an offensive defenseman and being a complete black hole defensively like he's not just acting like a fourth forward he is very defensively responsible as well not the biggest guy admittedly he's 511 like maybe like 185 but it doesn't matter because he has a very very solid skill set where he has great hands. You know, I wouldn't say they're like, you know, Scott Morrow level, of course, but they, they are definitely enough to get the job done. And his ability to kind of find the open man and, you know, make a really, really good wrist shot is absolutely invaluable. Like, I could totally see him being, you know, the next, like, Ryan Ufko or, like, a Scott Morrow or, like, you know. So my comparison to him is Mark Delgaiza. Mm. Like, I think he can just be an impact scoring defenseman where, you know, he could take the puck all the way by himself, you know, from, from behind our own net, skate it up and literally just glide into the offensive zone, rip a snapshot or a wrist shot. And it's going bar down. His mm-hmm. wrist shot is unbelievable because I think the main highlight that I saw of him, it was a three on three overtime in the USHL. And he jumps off the bench, glides into the neutral zone, gets the puck from somebody Cuts onto his forehand and just rips it top corner over the over, over the goalie glove. No screen, no nothing. Goalie start the whole way. Who's got beat clean? That you you don't teach that. You know what I mean? If somebody has that dog in them like that to score from anywhere, it's it's him. And he is certainly him. So yeah, I I love the way that this kid looks. He scored eleven goals in both of his past two seasons. One in the Tri City Storm. The other one, Rogla BK in uh Sweden. Another another Swedish. Uh, um, under 20 team. So yeah, he, he is the prototypical Carvey D man, you know, a little bit smaller, a little bit more offensively minded, but they can get the job done defensively as well. You know, he's going to put his stick in the right place. He's not going to maybe overload people with strength, but he's going to be, he's going to be a smart defenseman who's then going to take the puck up and, you know, make plays. Sounds a little Zach Jones esque to me from what you honestly, saying. Yeah, no, I mean, that wasn't even one that I immediately thought of, but you, you, when you just with you saying that and then me kind of describing his play style, it, it, it fits very, very well. And again, Zach Jones, another Arvell type defenseman, you know what I mean? That's yep. just he, he really likes his, I don't want to say undersized, but I would say smaller than average defenseman and one right. that has a bit more of an offensive edge to their game as opposed to pure defense, but right, you know. If we're gonna if we're gonna move well, you're gonna probably say the uh, say the Carvey quote real quick, but yeah, this is gonna be our one and only uh freshman demon, and the other one is going to be the complete and utter inverse of of this guy play style wise. So yeah, yeah. Here's uh Carvel's quote: Sebastian is a talented puck moving, offensive minded defenseman who comes from Sweden, but played for Tri City in the USHL last year, where he thrived on the back end, scoring goals in the double digits from the blue line. Wow, Carvey with the run on sentence. He is a gifted puck mover who competes hard without the puck and has the ability to score from the blue line and create offense for his teammates. Sebastian should be a member of our power play units. 
another high character young man who will add to the European flavor that this freshman class will bring to UMass. Yep. That, that was another thing that I actually did want to touch upon that uh, I was going to say this more towards the end, but I mean, now that Carvey kind of brought that in, we, we have definitely brought in some, some, some Europeans that we haven't really seen in quite a bit, admittedly. We still have, I think, two more to talk about uh, in the rest of this episode, but yeah, quite a bit of Europeans, which wasn't normally the case. I think at one point, I want to say back in it's like 2018, 2019, I don't think we had a single European on the roster. I think it was all either Americans or Canadians. So, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily like a, a purposeful effort to do that, but the way that it shook out, I think I think it's pretty cool because I think, you know, the NA and the European overall style of, of hockey do have a bit of differences between them, but that's not to say that one's inherently better than the other. But I think when when you kind of mix them together, good things happen. So mm-hmm. I think I think the fact that we we definitely have some some European talent here I think I think is really really good because I think in 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 the same vein it's kind of hard to re- to recruit European guys because mm-hmm. like I know we might we're gonna talk about him in a little bit but for example like Michael Pravel we didn't even go out and recruit him necessarily like he has an agent in 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 the Czech Republic who put out feelers to other schools and said hey I got this really good goalie you guys want him and he specifically called UMass because we're known to develop goalies, you know, after the work that we've done with, you know, Lindbergh and, and Murray, you know, we're, we're, we have our name on the map as being a, a pretty solid goalie development program. So it's, it just shows you kind of the overall differences in both recruiting and, and play from, from, from European to NA communities. Yeah. And uh, here's, here's another European guy. The one other defenseman that we're adding this season, Samuel Samuli Ninasari. I'm very yep. sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Now you got that. It took a second, um, but you got it. <laughs> Samuli Ninasari. He'll wear number seven this year. 25 years old out of Hamina, Finland. Played a couple seasons for Brown. Um, most recently, last year, he had 30 games played and eight points. No goal scored. So um, from, the, from the looks of it on the surface, he seems like a very defensive-minded D-man, which is a welcome sight for this team. Yeah, no, nah, he's he's the definition of like no nonsense, defensive. He's gonna get the puck. He's not gonna make really any sexy plays with it unless he's in the offensive zone. And by sexy play, I mean he's gonna cycle it and he's gonna continue the cycle. He's not gonna, you know, fake out a guy, do some crazy Kale McCarr crossovers along the blue line to open up some space for a shot. That's not his game. You know, he's here to get the puck, make the safe play, dish it out. If you know he's up against a guy in the corner, he's gonna overpower them. You know, he has the strength. He has the balance. He's a very, very strong player, but he's he's not going to, you know, be that crazy, sexy, offensive-minded guy. And that's totally fine because we have a lot of players that already can do that. You know, he's providing a bit, a bit of a different play style. And, you know, realistically, our defense was kind of weak last season, you know, in, in terms of strength. You know, we had a lot of smaller guys, guys that weren't, you know, really going to go into the corners and bang bodies and, make the make the hard play they were just you know if they had the puck on their sticks they were going to make things happen but off the puck quite frankly they weren't really getting the job done so ninasari is really going to provide a lot um little interesting tidbit for you i was looking for some ninisari highlights on on youtube so i typed in his name and i found a youtube account that i think is his youtube account (laughs) and he had i think one or two playlists that were favorited because it was all public and one of them was a defensive hockey like series on how Nicholas Jarmelson, who is a former uh, 
Chicago Blackhawks defenseman back in like the mid 2000s to like, you know, mid, mid 2010s, really, really good defensive defenseman. He was a Swedish guy. And it was literally an entire series of breaking down how he played defense and how basically like a hockey player could incorporate that into their own game. So Ninasari is straight up a student of the game. You know what I mean? He was out here trying to find ways to improve his game, even just through YouTube videos. Like he must've been just scrolling through at midnight one night and was like, how could I get better at defense? That's the type of stuff that I want to see right there. You could tell he cares about his game and he's constantly improving. So yeah, I love to see that. And if I'm going to go for a comparison, I'll keep this one pretty brief. I'm looking at like a Jake McLaughlin, maybe like a Matt Kessel, like just pretty big dudes that are going to play a very, very responsible two-way game. They're not going to blow you away on the offensive front, but they're going to lay the body. You're not going to be afraid to, to block shots, you know, because he has a big frame that's going to, you know, he's going to want to get in front of the puck stop it from getting through to our attendee. So, and that's, that's what we need. We don't need guys that are going to be, you know, acting as another forward out there. You need dedicated defensive guys out there. And he is going to be, in my opinion, our, our dedicated shutdown guy. Yeah. He's going to go out there against the first line of the other team and say, I'm not going to let you score. And I'm really hoping that he's going to be able to accomplish that goal and really, really, you know, make things happen for us. Yeah. That would be very nice sight to see for sure. Um, I, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a Carvey quote. Um, for some reason on the Instagram page, they didn't have one. I think my five or... minutes of, of stuff will probably make up for it. Anyway, yeah, I, th- so. I think that that'll do. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the goalie. So we have yep. two, two new goalies coming in. The first one is named Jackson Irving. He'll wear number one. Um, he's a freshman, 19 years old from Newberry, Massachusetts. So nice to have a Massachusetts guy on the team played for Sioux Falls stampede last year of the USHL. Um, his numbers were phenomenal. We don't see this guy being the starter this season, more of a more of a depth piece. But uh, yeah, I'll let you expand upon it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, after what we've seen from from Henry Graham last season, I think the term third string goaltender really does mean third string and not necessarily like a backup or like a like a practice goaltender. Because with with our goalie core the past couple of seasons, it's been really like a next man up type of mentality. You know, before it was like, oh, Henry Graham will get a couple games. You know if it's like a blowout in the last couple minutes, like bro was starting games, you know what I mean? Like it got to that point last season. And, you know, if I'm being real with, with Cole Brady and now Michael Rabel, I don't see that, that, that sort of thing happening, but in the same vein, neither did I last season. So anything can happen. And I think Jackson Irving is a very, very competent goalie, you know, like, especially for the third guy in, you know, a a three man goalie team, having a guy with USHL, you know, almost starter experience, you know, he's, he split games pretty, pretty 50, 50 with the other guy that was on the team that, like I said, the stats weren't amazing, but having somebody with experience like that is very good. Cause normally you're getting a guy from what like, the NAHL or like, you know, some Canadian junior league that nobody's really playing in. This guy was going up against really, really talented guys and, you know, putting in a pretty good shift at goalie. So, I mean, Obviously, I mean, it doesn't really make sense to even do a comparison here. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be a Brad Arvinitis or he's going to be like a Ryan or a Henry Graham or like even like a Ryan Wishow or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely something that could happen. But yeah, he's going to be a really, really good guy in practice. You know, it's, it's important to have competent goalies to kind of push each other and make sure that nobody's job is completely secure. You got to push yourself every day. And I think Jackson Irving's really going to be able to do that because He's a young guy. He's going to inject some energy. So I, I I like the fact that we have three competent goalies on the roster right now. 
Yeah, and Carvey really did have some high praise. He said, Jackson is a Massachusetts native who will add great depth to our goaltending group as well as add more depth to the character of our team. We believe that there's a lot of potential for Jackson. His tremendous attitude and work ethic will help him realize his full potential. His youth will bring a lot of energy to our group, and we expect him to eventually develop into a goalie that will one day own the net for the Minutemen. So interesting little comment to end it there. I, I like that a lot, though, because, you know, it it shows that he has a lot of belief in him. You know what I mean? Like, it shows that a third-string goalie at UMass can make it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not just there to make up the numbers. You're there to get better. You're there to push the other, you know, the other members of the team. And, you know, you're there to, you know, make things happen. You know, you're not just there to just get your scholarship and get out of there. So I, I really like the the mindset, and I think it can – you know, it's just going to overall contribute to the to the high character culture that we got going on it in UMass hockey. So, yeah, love it a lot. I think I think it's a great quote from Carby there. Yeah, and uh, for our final new player edition, uh, probably the most hyped player we have on this list, Michael Hrabel, a really highly regarded goaltender. He'll wear number thirty. He's six foot six, two hundred and ten pounds, out of Prague, Czech Republic. He's eighteen years old. He was a second-round draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes this summer, and this guy seems to be the real deal. He had a pretty down year last year um, in the Czech Republic, but uh, again, he's really highly regarded. He had some incredible seasons before that, so the upside of this guy is sky high. Oh, you're talking about with with him having a down year. You're talking about the the World Junior or not the World Junior, but just like international play, right? Yeah. I was going to say, because I'm looking at this guy's numbers in the junior leagues in the Czech Republic, and he was ridiculous. I was like, what are you looking at? Yeah, no, <laughs> in, internationally, I mean, overall, the, the Czech Republic team hasn't been amazing. And that that sentiment can definitely be echoed for the Omaha Lancers as well in the USHL. Mm-hmm. He was stuck on some pretty bad teams the past couple of years. And, you know, that's that's through no fault of his own. I mean, it, if I'm being honest, if you put basically any other goaltender on that Lancers team for the USHL, they're not getting above a 900 save percentage. That team, no mm. offense, and well, part of it was no offense, but the other <laughs> issue was that I mean, they just couldn't play defense for the lives either. Like that, that Omaha team was bad, and that yeah. team could have been a lot worse if it wasn't for Hrabble. So, I mean, he is absolutely ridiculous. His potential sky high. This kid's six foot six, you know, at only 18 years old. You can't teach size, and you know, he, he doesn't just have size, he, you know, now we have two all as dudes on the freaking on the on the on the goalie court you know what i mean like yeah old brady i think is what six five six six you know around there mm-hmm. now we got a six six dude in michael harabble like that's insane this guy's by far the most you know hyped prospect since jonathan quick there's mm-hmm. there's no way there's no ifs ands or buts about that you could honestly say he's more hyped than jonathan quick I mean, jonathan quick i'm pretty sure is a third round pick this guy was in the second and that's that's saying something so Mm. Yeah, he is an absolutely monster frame. He he plays a pretty a pretty normal style in net. You know, like you, you don't really find him. You know, you're not going to find him kind of diving out at pucks too much. Like he'll he'll play aggressive, meaning like he'll cut off angles in the top of the crease. Like from from the games that I saw him play, he he's definitely going to be the type of guy to challenge. You know, the shooter because he has this huge frame. He wants to use it and take away as much of the net as possible, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be this guy's going to be flopping all over the net, trying to make a diving reaction save. He is very, very mindful positionally and he can, he can read cross creases very well. He's agile enough and he has enough speed going post to post to where, you know, he doesn't have to purely rely on his size and he's going to, he's going to get to the places that he needs to be at. So he, he looks, he looks great. You know, he, 
I don't know if he's necessarily going to start game one. I could totally see it. I wouldn't be completely surprised if he does start game one against AIC, but I think it may take a little bit of time for him to fully settle in and Mm -hmm. be, you know, at the top of his game. Because again, if you're expecting this out of an 18 year old, that's wild. Like if we're being honest with ourselves here, I don't even think he was supposed to be coming in this early. I think he was supposed to, you know, spend another, another year in the USHL and, the main thing that changed was both Henry Graham and Pavisic leaving. We didn't really have, you know, well, we did have actually his replacement come in who was supposed to be David Fessenden, but something happened to where he ended up coming to, you know, he went to Canisius instead. I don't think the full details of that ever saw the light of day. So we can only speculate, but yeah, Fessenden didn't end up coming through who was another massive goalie. I think he was also 6'6". I don't know what it is with 6'6 goalies and coming to UMass, but or I guess almost coming to UMass. But uh, hey, at least at least Rabble's here now, and we don't have to worry about anything with him. And he is going to be electric. Mark yeah. my words on that one. Yeah, and here's what Carvey had to say. Michael is a very talented goalie who combines size and athleticism with a tremendous work ethic. He has performed well on the international stage for the Czech national team and had a great development season last year in the USHL. We are very excited to have him join our incoming class for the upcoming season. Yeah, he's going to be great. I, did, I just realized, uh, real quick as an aside, I don't think I ever actually gave a comparison for him. I'm giving him a mix of both Jonathan Quick and uh, Philip Lindbergh in the sense that I think Jonathan Quick, I mean, that's more or less just kind of from like a hype and like NHL potential perspective. I don't think they necessarily play the same. Jonathan Quick played like an absolute insane, you know, insane human in that. Like he was just flopping around like a fish, you know, like he, he didn't really care. But no, Philip Lindbergh, his his whole thing was he was insanely good positionally. He wasn't diving around making acrobatic saves. The only the reason why he was so good positionally was because he was so small. He was only like six foot, like six one. So I mean, that's not really small, but <laughs> by by goaltender standards, it's pretty small. But uh yeah. You know, in in the case of Hrabble, you got another, you know, five inches to work with. If you have that same level of positional, you know, smartness, you're going to be a lot better than Lindbergh. And imagine how good, you know, Lindbergh's stats were. And now it's going to be potentially even better. You know, like he's he's very, very highly, uh, highly regarded. All right. So that is it for our new new uh, incoming players. We do have one new coach coming. We mentioned um, Jacob Pritchard leaving the team. We have a new guy. His name is Steve Mastelairs. Mastelairs? Is that how I say it? I think it's Mastelairs. Mastelairs? Yeah, um, yeah, he will be the new director of player development and goalie coach. So NCAA, NCAA rule allowing one more um, paid coaching position in college hockey this season. And this is how UMass is filling it with a goalie coach. So um, we'll see if that ends up paying off, but definitely interesting nonetheless. Yeah, just as a little, little you know, last note, uh, former UMass goalie. So he's coming back. You know, he's a former alum. Um, great to have him back. I think he played from 2011 to 2015. And uh, yeah, he was he was uh, basically a, a coach at a, at a at a goalie school. So I mean, this guy's absolutely perfect for the job. So yeah, it'll be great to see him come back to his alma mater. And uh, yeah, he should be he should be a great addition to the coaching staff. Yeah, it should be cool. Um, that is it for our newcomers. Uh, that was a, a longer episode, but uh, we <laughs> hope you, there's a lot of players to talk about. So we hope yep. you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit of bio on these guys who we'll all get to know pretty well pretty soon um we'll begin posting these episodes regularly we have 
a season preview episode and hopefully a couple interviews before the season starts. So that'll be cool. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast, follow us everywhere so you don't miss that. But uh, Evan, I think I can speak for both of us. We're excited to get going again with high character. It's been, uh, it's been a long off season. I think we're ready to watch our, watch our favorite team play some hockey. Yeah, you have no idea. It is good to be back and welcome to this new season, everybody. I hope you're ready for the ride because it'll be a fun one. I can feel it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, keep on the lookout for future episodes from us. Um, and again, if you made it this far, thank you so much for watching. Appreciate it. We're not going to do the go you mask. Take care, everybody. That's your line, not mine. Damn. All right. Well, all right. Go you mask. Take care, everybody. See you next episode.